Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Suffering, trials, pain, difficulty produce the perseverance that in turn produces the character that in turn produces the hope. And he says, hope does not put us to shame. In other words, we'll never be disappointed. And here's why. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Thessalonians. Sometimes it seems like life can be needlessly cruel, but today Pastor J.D. talks about how trials and suffering are essential to our character and growth. If all you know is good, then you never learn how to persevere. And if you know Jesus, then you know that this whole life is about pushing forward, enduring until the race is done. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and our text is going to be verses 1 through 3. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica, and by the Holy Spirit says, verse 1, Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. Grace and peace are, as one referred to them, the Siamese twins. And this is how Paul usually introduces, by way of introduction, his letter. And what's interesting is, it's in that order, and it needs to be in that order, because You can't have the peace of God or peace with God without first being on the receiving end of the grace of God. So grace and peace. Now verse 2, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember verse 3, before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So my message today is about hope. It's a message of hope. And it's especially for those who find themselves losing hope in the midst of a very difficult trial. Here in just the first three verses of 1 Thessalonians, Paul is encouraging what I see as a battle-weary church because of the persecution, certainly, that they were experiencing at that time. But he's encouraging them concerning their hope, inspiring their endurance. Hang on to those three words in particular, Hope inspires endurance. Those three words, because that's what I want to 
talk about today. Before we get into the text, I think it'd be good to quickly mention a bit of the backstory that led up to the writing of this very interesting letter, as we're going to see. First, it's believed that the Apostle Paul only stayed in Thessalonica for about three weeks when he started this church, when he planted the church there in Thessalonica. We're told in the book of Acts that he was there for three Sabbaths, three weeks. And we're also told in the book of Acts that he was actually ran out of town, which might be another reason why he only was there for about three weeks. But he writes this after he's miraculously released from prison in Philippi. And it's also believed that this was the very first letter that the Apostle Paul penned by the Holy Spirit, this letter here to the Thessalonians. And it would begin what we know today as the New Testament epistles. So Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this in response to a visit from Silas and Timothy, who had just returned from Thessalonica while Paul was still in Corinth. And some believe it was at Paul's request because he wanted to know how the church was doing. So he writes the letter and he's very encouraged and he wants to encourage them because they're doing well despite the hardship, the difficulty, the persecution. And that's what really this first letter is all about. What I find striking about how Paul starts this letter is that he mentions this triad of faith, love, and hope in that order. So it's not faith, hope, and love, the greatest, like he writes to the Corinthians, being love. No, to the Thessalonians he says, in this order, faith, love, and hope. So the question becomes, why? And I believe the answer is that Paul lists hope last because it was their hope that inspired them to endure by faith and in love. It's for this reason I want to start with hope and then sort of work our way backwards, because it was the hope, he says, that inspired their endurance. I'm going to flip that around and also say, as we're about to see, that not only does hope inspire endurance, but endurance inspires hope. Can I say it a different way? Uh, Hope is what gives us the endurance And endurance is what gives us the hope to press on. Hope inspires endurance, which in turn leads to love prompting labor and faith producing work. In other words, the hope that inspires endurance comes vis-a-vis the trial that produces the hope to endure the trial. 
I hope you got that, because that's the best I can do. (laughs) Maybe better said, hope comes when we endure the trial. And when we endure the trial, that's how we have the hope that we need in order to endure the trial. This is what Paul said to the Romans in chapter 5. Listen to verses 1 through 5. He says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom, verse 2, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. We do? Yeah, we do. Why? How is that possible? Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. That's how it works. That's what suffering produces. Suffering, trials, pain, difficulty produce the perseverance that in turn produces the character that in turn produces the hope. And he says, hope does not put us to shame. In other words, we'll never be disappointed. And here's why. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I don't know if you realize this or not, but these first three verses are any pastor's dream passage to teach because it has built in three points and it makes it very easy for you. (laughs) Hope produces endurance. Love is what produces the labor, and faith is what inspires and produces the work. Notice that's what Paul also says. He says, love prompts labor. Now, it's important to understand that the word that Paul uses here for labor carries with it this idea of exertion to the point of exhaustion. And apparently this was what he's commending the Christians there in Thessalonica for. In other words, when we love in this way, we are prompted and propelled by way of that love to endure regardless of how heavy the burden can be. And the burden can be very heavy at times. But it's the love that constrains us. It's the love that propels us to do that which we would only do because of that love that comes from God. And as the source being from God is then translated to others. Remember that famous song by the Hollies? He ain't heavy, he's my brother. He ain't heavy, he's my brother. That was really bad, I'm so sorry about that, but (laughs) classic song. 
Do you know what inspired that song? In 1884, James Wells, moderator of the United Free Church of Scotland, in his book, The Parables of Jesus, tells the story of a little girl carrying a big boy. Seeing her struggling, someone asked if she wasn't tired. With surprise, she replied, no, he's not heavy. He's my brother. Later in the 1940s, the title became the motto for Boys Town, a community formed in 1917 where troubled or homeless boys would go for help. In November of 1969, the Hollies released an album with this now famous and classic song bearing that title. Here's the point. When you love like that, no burden is too heavy, because love is what prompts the labor. If you really think about it, there are things that we do for the Lord that we would never do otherwise were it not for that love. Let's get to this third one, and we'll see how it all kind of comes full circle. And it's where Paul says that their faith produced work. Now that's interesting. Doesn't that almost at first read sound like a paradox? Faith works. I mean, we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But here Paul says that their faith produced work. So how do we reconcile it? James 2.18. Listen to what James says. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Okay. Jesus, in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 28 is asked by the disciples a very interesting question. They ask him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Listen to his response in verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God. You ready for it? That you believe in him whom he sent. That's the work. That's the work that comes by faith. That's the result of faith is to just believe. That's the works of God. That's the work that Paul is talking about here. So we had our prayer meeting. Powerful time together. And the Lord had impressed upon my heart to share out of Acts 27, where the Apostle Paul is on board this ship, headed to Rome. Luke is with him. Luke is actually recording this account of yet another shipwreck, only this time it's different. This time Luke writes about he and Paul and everyone on board that we had finally given up all hope. Even Paul, 
and he had been shipwrecked before. This wasn't his first rodeo slash shipwreck, if you prefer. He's been down this road before. He knows this very well. But in this storm, it was so intense, and the detail of the narrative tells us that the storm was raging for days on end. No relenting, no relief, no letting up. And they had no navigation. Many days had gone by, and they could see neither the stars at night or the moon, which is how they navigated at that time nor did they see the sun by day. It was just dark clouds, pounding rain, raging storm, day in and day out. And interesting, finally, everyone had lost hope of surviving that storm. But God, I love those two words, because they change everything. So here's what God does. He has an angel appear to Paul. This is after they had given up hope. It's just a matter of time. This is how it ends. And the angel of the Lord appears to Paul to remind him, because apparently he forgot. See, in Acts 13, Paul was told that he would go to Rome. God told him, God gave him his word, you're going to go to Rome. And apparently this storm was so bad that Paul had given up hope of ever getting to Rome. So the angel is sent to him to remind him, "Uh, Paul, (laughs) don't be afraid. That's interesting that the angel of the Lord would say that to Paul, because what that tells me is Paul was very afraid. This is Paul we're talking about, right? unflinching fearlessness. This is the Apostle Paul. That's how I imagine him. I imagine him just pressing on and almost in some ways, in a sanctified way, being intimidating. When the Apostle Paul walked into the room, you knew it. But even Paul had got to the place where he was given over to fear, and as such had lost all hope. So he had to be reminded of the promise that God gave him, the word God gave to him. Paul, you're going to go to Rome, remember? Do you believe still in that promise? Yes, I do. The reason I say that that way is because sometimes I think we just need to be reminded We just need to be reminded of God's Word and God's promise. When we're in the midst of those storms of life, and we're prone to give up hope, which when you lose hope, you lose the ability to endure with it. If hope goes, so too does the ability to endure the trial go as well. That's why it's so important to never lose hope. Hope. And by the way, God doesn't fault us. I see nowhere in the gospel accounts where Jesus ever reprimanded anybody for being discouraged or even in despair. I think it was Oswald Chambers who said, 
God never faults a man for despair. We even read in the epistles that Paul despaired of life. He had just gotten to this place in his life where he despaired of life itself. And even throughout the Old Testament, we see time and time again, men and women mightily used of God, being given over to despair and fear and hopelessness. So the angel appears to Paul and renews his hope. Because Paul had lost hope. They had all lost all hope of ever surviving the storm. And he says to Paul, Paul, no, you're going to survive. The ship isn't going to survive, but you're going to survive. And God in His grace is going to also give you all of these men that are on board with you the survival as well. The ship's going to run aground. I actually uh, didn't tell you this ahead of time, Paul, but I, on your itinerary to Rome, wanted you to stop at the island of Malta, because there's a lot of locals there that are going to get saved. So I have to divert you by way of this shipwreck to the island of Malta. It is a fascinating and profound account. I really encourage you in Acts 27 and 28 to read those last two chapters of that incredible book. So when the angel appears to Paul and reminds him, in effect saying to him, just believe, his hope is renewed. Psalm 27 verses 13 and 14 are actually, this is a life verse for me, a verse, a passage that God gave to me when our daughter Noel died. And I want to share it with you. It's written by David. In verse 13 he says, I would have lost heart. I would have lost hope unless I had believed, believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's this side of heaven. That's not to say that our hope is not in eternity, but it is to say that there is hope to not lose hope. God will bring good. You'll see the goodness of the Lord this side of heaven. Just wait. And that's what he says. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor JD at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. 
Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth.